0: Hello and welcome to Ready Set Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host John McComb with more than half a century of award-winning broadcasting experience. It's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks for Ready Set Retire. Lori is an award-winning and highly respected senior portfolio manager and investment advisor at Canaccord Genuity. She has been successfully managing retirement portfolios for over two decades. We're here to talk about everything from financial and estate planning to travel, hobbies, and health matters, and so much more. Whether you're thinking about your retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And, Laurie, most Canadians would say they are well-informed about money matters because, after all, we make decisions around money every day. Yet most people still rely heavily on an advisor when it comes to large money transactions. Having a financial advisor who you trust and to lean on during important financial decisions is priceless. Our finances touch nearly every aspect of our lives. Not only will it impact your personal well-being but also your family and future generations.
1: That's right, John. You know, your choice of a financial advisor or an investment team is such an important decision that will affect all aspects of your and your family's financial well-being today, in the future, and and even after you're gone.
0: So today on Ready, Set, Retire, we will discuss what to look for in a financial advisor. We will answer questions like, how do you find a financial advisor that is a good fit? What should you expect from your financial advisor? What are some red flags to look out for? And much, much more. So why is having a good financial advisor so important, Lori, beyond just solid investment decisions and returns?
1: Having a good advisor can bring you closer to Reaching your goals in many ways, can protect you when things are volatile, and you want to make sure that you're getting that kind of personalized service from an advisor and, and a detailed financial plan that shows you exactly how you can meet your goals financially and live out your life or maintain your lifestyle during retirement. I mean, these are questions I get all the time do I have enough to retire? And I can always answer with, I'm not sure until we do a financial plan. Then we can really tell you, yes, you can take this type of income from which portfolio or which bucket of your assets is going to pay for your monthly lifestyle, for example. You want to get sound financial advice. You don't want an advisor that's recommending you go into high risk investments and so on, especially if you're in retirement. You want to keep it simple with investing is my opinion. GICs, bonds and stocks, that's where you want to be. Sometimes when you get into those fancy products, you know, it only helps the advisor and not you. So again, keep that in mind. Also help with estate planning, John is another one. And you and I have talked at length probably about estate planning here on Ready Set Retire because it's, it's just one of those topics that people don't want to discuss at the dinner table or on date night with their spouse. But it is very important to ensure that your family is set up, that your estate is organized, so you don't leave a big bad mess for everybody when you turn into an angel.
0: Uh, How many times did I ask you, do I have enough money to retire, Lori?
1: (laughs) Many, many times, John, and that's why we... Several dozen, I think. Yes. And that's why we update the financial plan. So you've gone through that with me. So you get it, right? You had the question and we find the answer and the solution and make sure that people have an income every month and they can maintain, like I said, the retirement lifestyle. That's what we want. A happy retirement. That's the goal.
0: Uh, well, you've succeeded with me. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but if I were in the market for a financial advisor, uh, how would one approach the search?
1: Well, the first step is to recognize what you need help with. Not all financial advisors are created equal. That is for sure. There's financial advisors who really provide a high level of service and advice. And then there's other financial advisors that could be more transaction based, more product based, just to manage portfolios and nothing else. You know, I once heard an advisor say to me, he isn't interested in knowing his client's dog's names, for example. And for me, I find that so important. I want to know about people's lives, their families, what makes them tick. You know, what are they passionate about? And if it's their pet, then I'm so happy to know that. It's really a difference of advisor out there. And uh, you want to make sure you have one that's a good fit for you. And when you think about the advice that you're looking for, so these are just a few that we laid out that maybe will resonate with some of our, our listeners. So if you need advice on early gifting, direction on how to purchase or sell real estate or get a mortgage. Even with buying cars, people lean on us. And you want to be able to lean on a good financial advisor out there proceeding with a renovation, what to do after the death of a spouse another few that we get is, you know, if you should create a trust for your kids or beneficiaries and how to start that process, where do you want to take your income from? Like a lot of people don't know. So of course you need a financial advisor to tell you, is it coming out of rental income, your pension, if you have one, CPP, OAS, RIF payments. This can be very overwhelming, John, for many people, especially as you're entering into retirement. So again, you just want a team that you're able to lean on for all sorts of things and not just the day-to-day movement of buying and selling stocks or mutual funds or whatever it might be. And also looking for tax efficiency. Tax strategies is another one. How to pay for your kid's school or grandchildren's education through the use of RESPs. Should you be doing RRSP contributions still later in life? That's another big conversation. And should you be taking more money out of your RIFs early in retirement? These are a lot of the kind of financial planning aspects or other aspects of people's financial lives that a good financial advisor is going to get in there and provide advice to you on all sorts of things financial and not just portfolios.
0: There are a lot of financial advisors, but not all of them are similarly gifted in terms of their uh, knowledge, their background. So you as a consumer have to understand, I guess, what kind of advisor you're looking for.
1: Exactly. There's a lot of titles thrown around out there. So I think that it can be confusing for the average investor to figure out what type of advisor am I looking for? And so the two real differences out there is when you see investment advisor, or financial advisor, they're going to be calling all clients, usually for every change they make in a portfolio, unless they're using external products. And even for a change of that, like say they're investing in mutual funds for you, they're going to have to call all of their clients to buy or sell a mutual fund completely. And when you're dealing with stocks and a financial advisor, and they have to call you on every trade, that might be okay for the type of client that really wants to be involved in the decision-making of their portfolios. However, I always say, if you know more than us, then you should fire us. So we don't do that type of management. I used to many, many, years ago, but I became a portfolio manager in 2009. So the industry is kind of moving towards a portfolio management. It's discretionary based. It allows you to buy and sell on your client's behalf without having to make 50 or 100 phone calls. And most people want that. They don't want to be bothered with the day-to-day, I would say, especially when markets are volatile, John. Uh, they want us to take care of it, manage them through it and get them out the other side. And we're active portfolio managers. So, we're making a lot of changes when clients can go and relax and enjoy retirement. We've got clients on vacation all over the place since COVID ended. And they feel comfortable doing that because they know that as a portfolio manager, we're able to steer the ship and they can go uh, have a happy retirement. We're still reporting performance and all those sorts of things, but that's the real difference. So if you want a team to kind of take care of the day to day and not be calling you on every change they're making in the portfolio, then you would want to go the portfolio management route. It's just a bit of a difference between those two. And so you should take a look that when you are interviewing for a financial advisor, just decide what's important for you. Again, transparency is key on both sides. And I mean, all the firms have online access. You can see what portfolio manager is buying and selling on a daily basis. So they don't need to be calling you because they're trying to make quick and efficient moves.
0: I can't imagine as a client having to have you call me on every decision when the markets are declining. That would be awful. <laughs> I would that my anxiety would just peek right through the roof. Yeah. With you, I know that you're dealing with it and you're going to do the best And so, you know, I don't need 100 phone calls to say, John, do you think we should sell this? Uh, The markets have dropped 400 points. Do you think? I don't want to. You you do it.
1: Exactly. You know, I think um, the industry really moved towards discretionary management, in my opinion, after 2008 and the financial crisis. I mean, it's been moving that way. But I think clients used to want to be involved, I would say. You think back in the 90s and even the early 2000s, markets always did well for a long time. And so the buying and selling was kind of exciting for people. But that was more of like the stockbroker type route. Then things evolved and things changed in my 20 years. I mean, I've always been having financial planners do a financial plan and all those sorts of things since the very beginning, which was rare back then. But, you know, clients now require much more than just the day-to-day transactions of a portfolio. And I would say 70% of the conversations I am having with clients are not about markets. It's about they sold their house here in Vancouver and they want to move up to the Okanagan. Do I think it's a good time? Another client needs a mortgage. Should they be going variable or should they be going fixed? And how do I feel about that? Or they want to do a $100,000 renovation on a vacation property. Can they afford that? And so I take that back to my team, and we actually crunch the numbers and and let them know this is what our opinion is. So all different sorts out there, and you just got to make sure you've got the financial advisor. that's a good fit for you and your family. Well, beyond
0: the uh, services that uh, a financial advisor offers. So What are some of the other qualities that you should look for when you're considering hiring a financial advisor?
1: You want one that has a good reputation. I mean, if you can get a referral from friends or family, that's great. Or somebody that's known out there in the community, I think is also important. You want to work with someone that takes a proactive approach. So when you're interviewing a financial advisor, questions you could ask are, what changes have you made in your portfolio for clients over the last six months? Because things have been changing so dramatically and that will give them some time to answer. Not that you may understand everything that they're saying or whether it was a good move or not, but at least you want to see if they say they just stayed put, they're in mutual funds, they haven't done a thing. Well, then again, what are you paying for? You want someone that speaks in a language that you understand, that doesn't use a lot of financial jargon, or they want to sound super intelligent, so they're using a lot of words that maybe aren't clear to you. You want to make sure that you can communicate with each other. I think that's super important. They invoke confidence and trust. You feel good talking to them. You feel like you can tell them anything. That's also a financial advisor or a portfolio manager that you would want. You shouldn't be scared to tell them that you want to spend more money. Although maybe sometimes people find it difficult to tell me that, but I'm, I'm actually usually trying to tell people to spend more money, not less. I'm in the camp of as long as it makes sense and you have enough money to take it to the end of your days, go out, have fun, totally encouraging that. So the next one would be taking a holistic view of your financial situation from real estate to bank accounts to money under your mattress to estate planning, tax planning, all of those sorts of things. Most investors or clients deserve that and they want it now. They have a support team. If you're dealing with an advisor that maybe has one assistant, it might be okay, but you have to understand that so much is going on in the world to stay focused on markets, to be truly an active manager, to provide Uber services, I call it on my team, you need people. You need a good support team around you, which I have, and I'm so happy that they boss me around all day and tell me what to do. No, but they're fantastic and they all have their own roles and most of them are licensed and they've got a financial planner on the team. Those bigger teams are out there and not that small team doesn't work. Just know what you want. And if you're expecting all of these sorts of things, one guy or gal can't do it all. So they do need that great team behind them. Having a clear strategy, if you sit down and interview an advisor, you want to make sure when you ask them about their strategy, they can answer it clearly in a language that you can understand. And somebody that really learns about you, they put your interests first. When you're sitting down with a financial advisor, you want them not talking about themselves. You want them learning about you and your family. That's what's important especially early on in that relationship. They should be trying to get to know you and what makes you tick. And as I said, what's your dog's name? Or if you're a cat person, what's your cat's name? I'm learning about kids, grandchildren, the relationship amongst everybody, because let's be clear, not all families are rainbows and butterflies. So we want to learn the positives and the negatives and, and how everybody gets along. So look for that when you're sitting in that interview with a financial advisor or a portfolio manager. And that should give you some clues as to whether you're a good fit or not.
0: Okay, so those are the things you look for. But tell us about some of the red flags that might come up that might tell you that eh, your financial advisor or the, the one you're interviewing really doesn't have your best interests in mind.
1: Being in the business for twenty years, I've seen many people come to me or call through CKW or whatever it may be and tell me about their experience. And a lot of people are making those calls because they've had a bad experience with a financial advisor. So I have a pretty good understanding of what some of the bad apples out there, what are those red flags? What could they be doing? And so, you know, I've always had this list. Some of the points on that list are lack of transparency. You can't see what's in your portfolio. You don't know. Advisor may not be forthcoming. They may be kind of, again, recommending you into more high-risk investments that you're comfortable with. Another one is lack of communication. So communication is key. Your advisor should be getting back to you. I had one person just come to me that hadn't heard from their advisor in two years. Like, how, how do you manage someone's money if you have no idea what's going on with them and their their lives? Uh, another person once came to me and they had not had a performance report in almost ten years, and at that time, and I'm like, you know, how is that even possible? And so they weren't having regular reviews and so on, which is just to me seems a very basic service that one should provide, and they weren't getting that. And so
0: and they're paying a pretty good percentage, yeah, to have these people look after their money. But if you don't know how your money is done in 10 years, I mean, boy, oh boy, that's a problem. That's
1: a red flag, Uh, definitely. (laughs) That's a red flag. You know, so so there's that. Uh, And the other problem that we continue to see, John, is where people are in fee-based type of management, which makes sense because, again, the more the client makes, the more the advisor makes, so everybody's on the same level as the idea around fee-based type portfolio management. But what we have been seeing is a lot of portfolios are being not managed. Let's put it that way. So like no changes are being made and they're being charged, you know, one and a half, even 2% out there. And the actual advisor is not making any changes to the portfolio. So my thought on that, again, is they're not trying to protect you when markets are volatile. They're not servicing you and giving you reviews. And what are you paying for at the end of the day? You should be paying for two things. One, someone proactively managing your portfolio. And number two, which is also equally as important, is all those other questions and, and things that you can lean on your advisor about in estate planning, financial planning, all that. So those are the two areas that are really important. And maybe not everybody wants both, but I would say yeah, a huge majority, John, do want both and aren't getting it. And so that's why it was so important to focus today our ready set retire show on how to find a good financial advisor or portfolio management team. What is the difference? How does it affect you? Because this is a time to review things. As I said earlier, this is. The time in the year when it's the second new beginning here in September. And uh, and this is a time to review your relationships, review your budget, review your expenses, review your retirement goals and set everything up and get organized. So that's why we wanted to talk about this today.
0: Tell me a bit about advisors, because we hear about this, I think, more often than we'd like. Advisors who get their investors into risky investments or even investments that turn out to be not legal, if you will?
1: Yeah. So just recently having a client explain their situation with bad kind of private mortgage investments, which I've seen a lot of before. I have a lot of clients that have come to me with these private mortgage investments where they've invested in something that they thought was going to give them a 6% yield or 8% yield. And it's been going on forever and ever only to find out it didn't work out. The property didn't work out and it goes to zero or your money is locked in basically forever. And so one gentleman had four or five of these in his portfolio. And so just keep in mind, it doesn't mean all private mortgage investments are not good by any stretch. There are some good ones, but it's just not regulated the way public companies are or fund companies, for example. So it's important to understand what you're investing in if you start to get into some of these kind of off the beaten track type products. And I think that's what's important. And then in terms of like high, high risk, I mean, there's lots of people out there who want to have money kind of in and speculate, I guess, uh, you know, out there. And, And we're just not that team. I don't do that. Never have never will not my thing. And so if anybody ever wants to have sort of play money, I actually refer them to, to somebody else and or they can trade online or do what they what they wish. But for us, we have always been 100% retirement really or pre-retirement and conservative portfolio management. But again, we want people to have lots of growth in their portfolio as well. So, and, and we have to learn how each investor is and, and what makes them tick because we don't want to pigeonhole anybody. So people who don't want to own, a bond, that's fine. They're going to be 100% stocks. They can handle more volatility. And those who want to be more conservative may have GICs or bonds. But again, we're talking and learning about people so that we can make proper recommendations for them.
0: Okay, so you have talked a lot about how uh, financial advisors shouldn't just park your money in a mutual fund and and leave it there and, and never communicate with you. And you are an advisor and a portfolio manager who I think prides yourself on going sort of over and above what others might. So give us some examples of how you think that uh, you've gone uh, above and beyond for your clients.
1: Yeah, I think some of the examples would be helping with the execution of estates. It's very difficult when families lose a loved one. And even within the family dynamic, communication can break down. It can be difficult. Uh, because of a strong relationship with the families I work with, they trust me to be a part of the estate process. And so I'm talking to the lawyer, I'm talking to each beneficiary, we're reading the entire trust document, for example, if somebody had a trust and they've passed away. So we're going through that in detail. Someone one of my team highlighting it all and, and really helping them through that process, setting up income for a surviving spouse, advising on real estate decisions, as I was just talking about that, that comes up a lot. And it's because, you know, I report on real estate a lot on CKNW as well as on the radio here in Kelowna. Also, my mother's been a real estate agent for 40 years. My family's been very involved in real estate for many, many years. So, and myself buying and selling real estate here in the lower mainland. So understanding real estate and what makes it tick, how does it fluctuate, mortgages, all that kind of stuff. So people feel comfortable leaning on me for that. And business owners, uh, helping them retire. So we've had Cindy David on the program before, who is financial planner extraordinaire. She helps me deal with a lot of complex situations, including for business owners. So often we have a business owner come on board with a small portfolio because they've invested so much money into their business over so many years that they never cared about their RSP and so on. And we get that. So a lot of people come to us with the idea that they're going to be selling their business. Hopefully they come to us a year or two before they sell their business. But some people say, you know, I sold my business two months ago and I have a lump sum. What do I do? Because they've never had this much money before. And I think it's very important to work with them through that. And so sometimes that could be a one to two year process, John, even longer when people are selling a, a big business. And so we've helped people through that when people get inheritance is another one. A lot of people haven't had that kind of money before. And so really sitting down with the person who's receiving the inheritance, because many of them have not had that kind of lump sum before. So really getting involved with these families. It's not just the parents or the grandparents. I literally almost become part of the family for many of them. And that is part of my passion to do what I do, John. It's not just a stock market. Yes, it's a passion of mine. And you know, every day is new and exciting, whether it's up or down and what's going on in the world, in the economy. But also my passion is people and the families that we deal with. And, and that's just not me. That's my entire team. And that's what every client out there should be expecting from their financial advisor or portfolio manager.
0: Well said. A financial advisor can play a big, big role in your future. And through every life stage and specific events, they can help you define your goals and stay on track to reach them. Investment management or advice is the bare minimum that you should expect to receive for the fees that you pay. Look for teams that can offer the full range of financial management services, including financial planning, tax strategies, estate planning, and even becoming part of the family.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ideally, you want to find a financial quarterback who can work closely with your dream team. You want an accountant, a lawyer. Possibly a real estate agent, a financial planner, provide you the best possible advice that you need for any situation for you and your family. So, again, John, not everybody wants a new daughter and get it or a new sister <laughs> in terms of a financial advisor, but for most, they do want that relationship that you're able to easily communicate with your financial advisor, and I think that's really important. And and you're going to be working together for many, many years, so look at it as a relationship like any other. You're in it for the long term, and you want to work with somebody you like that can explain things to you well and is managing your portfolio and providing that uber service that you deserve
0: all right now before we let you go we uh like a quote to kind of wrap up ready set retire what do you have for us this week
1: we will keep this one simple most people don't plan to fail they fail to plan
0: And that sums it up, I think, very nicely. Yes. Always a pleasure to talk with you, and uh, we will do this again in a couple of weeks. Uh, Until then, take care, and always great to talk to you. You as well, John. Thanks. That's all for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI. 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening, and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.